Hey, hey, it's Joy Foster, founder of Tech Fixies, and I am so excited that you're listening to the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. Today, we have Tuha Wright, who is not only a Google Ads expert, but she's also a Tech Fixies alumni from our VIP group coaching program. So, Tuha, how are you doing? Thank you oh, for good, joining thanks. us on the show. No worries. Half the press from a school run, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're a mother with... Um, you also have a new addition to the family too, don't you? I do, since I joined Tech Pixies. Yeah. So I, I think feel... one of the very first Tech Pixie babies. Oh, really? Oh. I think so. Oh, Jessica will be honoured. I think <laughs> yes, there's, so a, there's been a few since, but she was definitely the first or one oh, of the first. Yeah, so I've had I've got a seven-year-old and Jessica's now almost 18 months. I love so, it. Yes. Well, and what you've managed to do, and I think this is really important for women listening who might have children thinking, I can't have a career and children at the same time. And you would debunk that myth um, because you've managed to uh, have a child while you were going through, you know, finishing up the Tech Pixies program and you've launched your own business and it's all around Google and Google ads. So tell us what Digital Seamstress is and, uh, and how you leaned into it. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm predominantly a what they call a PPC consultant. So my bread and butter is Google Ads. So I've been working with Google Ads since 2006. And everybody's looking for this recurring revenue stream and what have you. So I, I joined the Tech Pixies to get my social media presence up. And then, um, then lockdown came and my clients put me on hold. I lost some clients. And so I, I upskilled really uh, whilst homeschooling, although I probably didn't do much homeschooling, to be fair. And then she was I have a confession to make to her. I sort of left the homeschooling to my husband and he did a really, really good job at it. Oh, that was good. Yeah. So my, yeah, I think you were either in the I'm going to do the homeschooling camp or I'm just not going to do it. And I, you know, I was definitely in the, mm, I think a lot yeah, of some, I don't think do it. Okay. So my husband's a um, key worker. So he was out the door by quarter past seven. So I was at home on my own um, with a five year old trying to um, gate crash. What's the, oh, photo bomb, video bomb, every Zoom call possible every client met her I had to introduce her at the beginning before she went off and then she eventually learned that she could get sweets and crisps off of me by asking me during a zoom meeting it's like yes get away well that was a good um it was a good skill it was a good life skill that she learned over lockdown exactly she learned a life skill so um I upskilled and then I think the important thing about building a business is really like connecting with people, talking to people. And so by talking, having these conversations, um, people are like, oh, really want to get started with Google Ads. Like I want to add it as an offering and what have you. So I um, I delivered a course. Uh, I was about to be I was about to deliver in like two or three weeks time. But I did the Jill and. Um, Oh, Jill and Josh Stanton, yeah, yeah the, yeah. the first grade boot camp, which they don't do anymore. But a lot of Tech Pixies did that, and it was a great starting point for launching a course. Brilliant, yeah, because it was a good catalyst. Got me started, so got a taste of that. Uh, went on maternity leave and then came back. Um, and again, people were demanding um, to find out about Google Analytics and what have you. And I, I think 
the important thing about starting is just to start somewhere. So nothing I did was perfect. I just had a very small audience. I wasn't selling hundreds. But um, I think you learn more each time you deliver something or try and sell something. So every every time I, I'm doing a sale or like a sales run, as it were, I'm doing something different. And I'm okay and you're getting better and better and better at it. I'm on I'm on your mailing list, so I get all of your stuff, and it's great. But I think you know what's amazing to me is is how you leaned into what you know and wanted to help other people. Uh, and you know, even though you've got a, a you know what was a young baby now an 18 month old, um, you were, you've you've managed to figure out how to do it in in a time and space that works for you. So um, let's talk about Google Analytics and let's let's you know, I'm uh, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to, to to tech. It's one of the reasons why I launched Tech Pixies is I love the data. And one of the reasons I love social media and digital marketing is because the data tells you if it's working, if it's not working, you know, et cetera. And uh, I think with Google Analytics in the Tech Pixies program, we have a bonus on the ABCs of Google Analytics. And, and one of those is audience. Um, and the other one is behavior. And the third one is conversions. And those three things are really important to look at. Well, first of all, let's just say, if you don't have Google Analytics on your website, that's the first step. Most people that when I used to build websites, uh, they would, I would, because I, before Tech Pixies, I ran something called Made with Joy. And we used to build, we, went, we built 100 WordPress websites for charities. And when I would build the new website, I would say, can I have access to your analytics? Because obviously I want to set them up on the new website, but I want to look at how it was going before. So I know what was working, what wasn't working with your website. Like where were people going? And it was amazing to me how many people didn't have Google Analytics. So first step is actually putting them on. So let's talk about that. But, I, and I'd love to know your feedback on this, but when it, turn, when it comes to behavior uh, and the audience behavior on a website, I found that, you know, majority of people click two to three times max. And so if your website has, you know, 15 pages to get the message across um, and it's, it, you're, you're, you're actually not serving yourself or the people that are coming to your website because they're not going to look at 15 pages. So where does someone start to just get Google Analytics on their website? What's your top tip there? Um, I would definitely get the piece of code in there. Um, I would make sure you're measuring everything that that's like your indicator, like whether people are going to your sales page or if you have a checkout page, if people are clicking through to it, if people are signing up. So you want signals to indicate that people are interested in what, what you're doing and whether you're, um, especially if you're focusing a lot of efforts on marketing, um, whether what you're, this kind of traffic that you're sending to is engaged. So they're going to be, those signals are really important uh, for that. And then when you've worked out those signals, you've got to make sure that, so this is where you might need to get an expert in um, to make sure that those signals are going to tell you what it needs because there are a bit of technical bits of setup to, to pull in data. So particularly if you run an e-commerce shop or any e-commerce kind of website, there's an extra bit of what, we call like data layer where we need a bit of hokey pokery um, around that to get some data from there. Um, so just having that realization that you need to set it up right. And 
although I'm saying, oh, you need to sit upright, it sounds all daunting, but it actually isn't. So that's why um, I try to deliver my course to try and break it down and say, right, this is important. Just get this done. And and um, once you've sorted that in, you get you start getting your data. And then what people that tend to find is when they get analytics, there's so much data, there's so many reports because Google Analytics is is designed for different aspects like UX um, marketing. There's different roles for it. So what I tell people to look at is just look at the channel report in terms of where you're getting your traffic and what is that traffic doing. And then that way you can decide, okay, where am I going to put all my money? Uh, am I going to, if you've only got a small pot of money particularly, where are you going to focus it? I love that. Well, and the channel report is really interesting because when uh, in the social media magic pro, well, it's not social media magic anymore. We've changed it to social media mastery and it's evolving as we evolve ourselves. But uh, we talk about how to look at your social traffic and how to determine which social networks are driving the most traffic to your website. And um, it's, you know, that's something people don't realize is that, you know, you can create all sorts of ways to link back to your social media, et cetera. Um, and we're not going to get necessarily into UTM tracking codes on this call, but you can on a basic level, once you've got Google Analytics set up and you can see uh, how many page views people are having, how many unique page views they're having, which pages they're looking at, what you know flow they're going through, like what you said, they come in on one page and then where do they go next, et cetera. There's another level, which is uh, where is this traffic coming from? And there is, a, there is a section that tells you your social traffic and you can see uh, what, you know, network things are coming from. One thing I will say, just for those of you who are listening, who would love to go into the data, um, when you do go and look for that, uh, just beware that if you use Linktree, it doesn't show up as a social network. It shows up in referrals, I think, is where it shows up. And that's something to be aware of because Linktree is a very common, a commonly used, um, for those of you who are, might be new to social media, Linktree is a very commonly used way of creating multiple links in your bio on Instagram, for example, because uh, Instagram traditionally only lets you have one link in your bio and then on the individual grid posts doesn't let you have links at all. Although there is a new link feature in stories. So if you missed the Instagram uh, trends update that I did with Sophie Bradley a couple episodes back, please go listen to that if you're interested in that. So just to add also a lot of, um, I often get asked, I get, well, we get analytics in Pinterest. We get analytics in Facebook. Why do I you need to look at Google Analytics. Well, when you're using Pinterest or Instagram, Facebook, that the analytics there is just the analytics for that platform. It's not actually what people are doing on your website. And most of the time, what you're trying to do is get people from those platforms to your website. So you need to know what's going on. Um, and especially with all the iOS 14 changes and all of that, it makes it even more important to look at Google Analytics. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got my analytics up just on the side. Um, one of the things it does is it tells you, you know, what time of day people are on your site the most, you know, and it gives you kind of a hot, you know, a hot marker as to when people are on. And it's quite cool. You know, on Mondays, we have people on our website from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. <laughs> All day long. It drops off on Fridays. They're really mostly there at 9 a.m. But we do have Saturday and Sunday views. And it's very, it's very interesting to see that. Um, but also some of the key things that you want to be looking for just on a basic level when you're looking at um, how people are behaving uh, is, is 
is the bounce rate. That's something that people don't understand. So um, when you're looking, you know, what, what I like to say is you want people to be looking at at least two to three pages. You want them to be spending at least two to three minutes. Uh, and then you also want to have a bounce rate that's um, somewhere between, you know, 40 and 60%. You don't want a bounce rate of like 90%. Talk about bounce rates. Explain that to people who might not be as familiar with it. So bounce rates um, is uh, when someone lands on your page, uh, if, when, if they come off it straight away, that counts as a bounce. So, and when I say come off it straight away, as in they they leave the page um, and exit your your website. Um, and actually, just to add because things evolve. Um, so at the moment with Google Analytics, there's two versions of it. So there's the old version, well, older version, Universal Analytics, and you've got this newer version called GA4 that came out end of 2020. And it's still very new, it's still beta, but it's worth setting up just to so that it starts collecting data. And actually with that um, new version of Google Analytics, bounce rates isn't actually as important, it's actually engagement. So what Joy said in terms of like how long someone's spent on your website, um, how many pages have they viewed. So it's still worth looking at your bounce web. Uh, bounce rates at the moment and understanding them um, but like so I, I would say that in a few years time we'll be moving away from that uh, some people also ask oh what's a good bounce rate um, I you have to look really relatively um, based on like all your other channels and what have you or whatever you're looking at so it's all relative but um, what I tend to find is if you or if you're sending uh, very, very cold traffic to your website, you're looking at something like a 70 to 80% bounce rate. But if you're looking at warm uh, bounce rates, it could be anything like up to 30%. Yeah, and the reason why it's good to know the benchmarks on these things is if it's way out of whack, then you know something's wrong. We, um, we recently won a grant from Unlimited for uh, some ad spend, and that came along with an ads manager who is who does Google, which is genius because um, you know you did some work on our stuff a, a while ago, and then we uh, we had this this grant that comes with an ads manager, and immediately he went and he's like something's wrong with the bounce rate, and it was because we had put some extra code on our website. And it was double counting uh, the visits and that caused problems. So, you know, just knowing the benchmarks on these numbers, you know, even if you don't know what to do, like if you just go into audience overview and you're looking at the information that we're giving you here, um, you know, around the number of sessions per user and the pages per session and the average duration and the bounce rate, that gives you some starting point stuff. Um, let's let's talk about Google Ads though, because I think that's really what you specialize in. There's a range of Google Ads, um, and I know this because <laughs> we had to create a whole bunch of display ads uh, for this grant that we got, and uh, Lisa had never done it before, and it was quite a major task. And the very first um, uh, the very first sizes that she'd been given were not correct. And then we had to redo everything with new sizes and it was a definite task. So um, I think we will try and uh, include the, the, we will update our um, 
size matters cheat sheet to include the sizes that we know are current in the Google display uh, ads area. Um, but talk to me about this. Uh, talk to me about this because it's really important to understand the different types of ways you can advertise, and not forgetting that Google owns YouTube, and you. So there's a, there's a crossover there. It's a little bit like uh, Meta owning Facebook and and Instagram, and being able to um, post on both of those networks, Google and YouTube. Is it a very similar type of system, or do you have separate entry points? Um, so YouTube is very similar to display in that uh, you can you can do you can target like prospecting audiences and retarget re your website visitors in that way um let's then, just do some definitions too hot so display ads are those banner ads that you see with pictures is that correct yeah okay so okay. let me do a quick run through so these, yeah, are, let's the go through main, language. these are the main google ads formats so there's quite a lot but um and they all serve a different purpose and they all do different things so you've got google display ads so they're like these banners on other people's websites and some people describe them as oh the web the ads that follow me around um and then you've got that's google. called that's retargeting yeah <laughs> that's, that's the, retargeting the ads yeah. that follow you around that's called retargeting yeah and then you've got um you've got search ads so that's where somebody has searched something in google and then you've got these ads at the top three about three or four at the top and about another three at the bottom and they're the search ads you sometimes get shopping ads, so they might appear on the right-hand side and you get a bit of an image of the product. Um, and there's actually a shopping tab. So some people think it's a comparison tab, like you can price do price comparison, but it's, that's not what it actually is. It's, they're ads. Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're listings. And then a lot of people actually don't realize is that back at the end of, I think it was 2020 again, uh, Google allowed free listings so the middle section of that shopping tab is free so if even if you can't afford google shopping ads it's worth going through the rigmarole setting up the feed and your ad center merchant merchant center just to take advantage of the free part anyway so you've got um display search shopping and youtube so Display and YouTube are similar as well in terms of the audiences that you can use. So what Google does is they profile all their users. So we've all got, we most likely registered a Google account. We all have profiles. They profile all of us. Um, it's not, it's anonymous. So they just use indicators to create personas about um, different people. And then they use that to then Sell, sell to advertisers as profiles, uh, audiences even. So YouTube and display can use those audiences to target people. YouTube's different in that um, it's close-knit because you you can really only really advertise on YouTube, um, but it's still... Whereas you're saying the display ads go on all sorts of websites that allow ads on them, is that right? Yeah, all over, yes. So they... They would call it like a publisher's network. And the, a good way to think about display is back in the day when we used to buy spaces in newspapers and magazines, we used to have to like buy column sizes. I don't know if you remember having to do that. Um, 
but now you're essentially buying a space on someone's website and Google is just one network that you can buy spaces there are other networks um, which do that and other networks profile people differently and um, they have different tags and so um, that's display and in terms of when to use them like this is just a broad stroke how to use them but um, display is a good way of um, like I guess like pulling people in kind of at the pool marketing so you, you can drop generate demand um get people excited and that's why youtube's so good because as a video format you can explain or um share your brand a bit better um and then your search ads um tend to be so your display ads because it's generating demand you don't generally see a lot of conversions you wouldn't get a high conversion rate with that um, and it's expensive because you'd have to buy lots of impressions oh so impressions is every time someone sees your ad and then search ads is when people are searching so they've got an intent to buy or they're researching they're in market and so what you tend to find is that the, the conversion rates are a lot higher and that's why a lot of people invest quite a bit in in google ads um and from the and you're what you're saying is the conversion rates are better on search than they are on display so if you have a budget would you be inclined to put more budget towards the search than the display so this also depends on your market and what you're selling so it's worth investing a little bit of time um to do a bit of research so um, this is what I, I cover in a mini workshop I run. So um, just spend a little bit of time researching, seeing like what are people actually searching for and who else is competing in that space? Like, can you can you make yourself stand out in that space? Like, is there enough people searching for it? Or can you position yourself well in that in that arena, basically? And do you find that information out by using Google Search Console? Oh, so Search Console is connected to your website. So it's very, if you just use that, you just end up looking in a little bubble, as it were. So I use a tool called um, Google Trends. So you can just Google Google Trends. Um, I love it. You can Google Google. That's very meta. <laughs> and then um, you literally just put in, put in something that you think that someone will look for so for instance for you it might be social media training so type that in and then it and you can also specify what country um you're targeting in and then it'll come up with suggestions of okay what are people actually typing in and um what are the rising terms like things that weren't popular a year ago but is now and that will give you an idea then of um of what what to go after what kind of keywords to go after as well and what kind of demand is out there well i know not everyone is watching live or will be watching online but i i am going to share my screen i've just gone to trends.google.com and uh and i've pulled up the uh I've done a search for social media training in the United Kingdom. 
Um, and it's got some, it's, so is it, is that suggesting that it's about a hundred a day in the last 12 months or, is, or what is that saying? So um, Google never gives you absolute numbers. Everything's okay. relative. So a hundred is the peak. So that it looks like around September, beginning of October, that's where it peaked. And so then everything is compared to that peak. Okay. So the, so the next peak is probably just after that June period, so around July. Yep. Um, and then classically, off, so January, we normally see a peak, but if we, we could overlay it with... Um, with oh, with a compare? Yeah, so if you put social media training again, this is a little, not many people know this, <laughs> if you and hit return, and if the three dots, click on the three dots. But this is, I'm going to show you because it's a bit of fun. Yeah, click on the three bit, three dots. Do change filters. And then in the date where it says past 12 months, we're going to change it to 20 right at the bottom. Do you get an option? Uh, 2022. Okay, custom time range. Okay. Uh, and then full year. Okay. 2020. Okay. Yeah, click OK. And then we're going to go back to the blue social media and change the three dots to 2021. Three dots. Oh, now it's. Oh, oh Control Z. Control Z. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. Change, change filters. filters. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then, and then the custom time range. Custom time range. And then full year, do 2021. 2021? Yeah. Okay. So now the blue line is last year. Red line, I'm going to call it COVID year. And <laughs> you can see, hover over the middle part where the red is higher than the blue. So wow. Nice. So that's when people were like, "Oh, we're locked down. I need to retrain or what have yes, you." Yes. So they're looking so into. So interesting. Well, and it was true. We had a huge influx of students in 2020 as a result of the pandemic um, because people had time and they wanted to upskill. Um, what was interesting is if I take if I take this one off, uh, and I just want to ask you a question. So we've got social media training for, I guess, the last 12 months here. But down here, it's got related topics. And, the, yeah. and it has pulled up other topics. And I saw social media marketing was a topic. So uh, if I just change that to, I, it's not there anymore, but I saw it originally. So if I look up its um, social media marketing, does it matter if it's the search term or the topic? No. Okay. Um, so, no. <laughs> That's interesting. There's a downward trend <laughs> in social media marketing, <laughs> searching for the topic. Okay. But that gives us a really great viewpoint on that. And then this obviously is is based on, on the UK. Yeah. Um, and what so again just that hundred it's the peak of the number of people that were searching on that day that seems yeah lovely. so most people searching for that are in england and then yeah. the next would be wales North oh so, yes yeah, so it's 400 so people i don't tend to find that that it's uh, a i don't really regional or i don't yeah. really optimize to but if you go down below so this uh card on the bottom right where it says related queries this is what i was talking about in terms of rising terms so for okay. some people are, it's a trend that people are searching for a social media marketing quiz oh well that's um, good for topics. social media 
and then you can change it. It says rising. You can change it to top. So the top would then show you, okay, what people are actually searching. Oh, all right. So if I go back to the, if I go back to the screen I was on before, so you've got, you've got the social media marketing, and then so you've got, and then yep. down here okay. you've got the, yep. And then at the top uh, where it says rising, and there's a little arrow pointing down. Click on the little arrow, change it to top. And then this is what people are searching jobs agency courses course manager and ah, there's interesting there's, um we only see five but there's eight so okay and then you can see the other ones so that gives you a feel of what people are searching and you don't need to go crazy on that is so cool to well i'll tell you what for those of you who are watching live you just got a really great treat and for those of you who are watching the video replay, that's amazing um, opportunity to get just some insight into search. Thank you, Tuha, for that. Uh, and then, of course, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, what I would do is encourage you uh, to go and watch the video uh, on our website. And, uh, and, and we'll have the link in our email um, you know, list that goes out every Wednesday. We send out our podcast every Wednesday morning give people something to listen to on their Wednesday morning walk. Uh, of course, um, we're not on a Wednesday morning walk at the moment, but <laughs> um, I do, I, I have built in, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this book, um, Unicorn Space, which is by Eve Rodsky, and she's going to be our, our um, jo uh, Joy Book Club speaker for uh, March, which I'm so excited about. I'm actually in the book. I'm actually in chapter three. I was listening. I was in the car listening to it this morning and she said my name and I was like, Whoa, I'm in the book. <laughs> but, um, but what's so great about this book is it reminds us that we, you know, we need to have time for ourselves. So I was saying to Heidi, uh, my daughter, when I was dropping off at school, I was like, well, my unicorn space is going for a walk, you know, at least three mornings a week with your dad. And I know it's sort of like a combined unicorn space, but we've, We've been trying to go for walks together and we don't always do it. But we, the week, two weeks ago, we had like five walks together, which was amazing. Oh, so amazing. I just think, you know, it's great to have that unicorn space. And I don't know why that came up, but <laughs> I, I think we were just talking about, oh, yeah, the Wednesday morning walks. So if you listen to podcasts on your Wednesday morning walks, then this would hopefully be a good one for you. Um, and of course, we're switching our live podcasts uh, from Fridays to Wednesdays. And you're our very first Wednesday guest. And I'm so excited about this because our, our podcast um, releases on Wednesday morning. We will then put in the reminder, hopefully, for the live for people to join us because uh, we know people love joining live. You know, you are such an amazing person. I'm so happy that and grateful that you're in our community. And I got to see you in person recently at the Digital Women That's Award. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because you were up for an award. So tell us about the award you were up for. Um, I was up for Digital Mother um, of the Year, which like, I wouldn't have entered it. So you always talk about Big Brave Pants. And like, I didn't enter, I'd, it didn't cross my mind because it was lockdown, what have you. But my friend Jessica um, nominated me and I thought, oh, okay, this is an honour. Went on the website and I thought, oh, yeah, I can complete this form. It took me a whole weekend. So I had to, like, use two evenings up to complete the application. Um, so I'm really glad because in that application there was a lot in it um, because, oh, yes, I'd already I'd set up a group to also sew up scrubs for the NHS. Yes, so that was the lockdown. Yeah, and then I started my... 
And how many scrubs did you sew? You have to tell everyone. It was like crazy amount. I can't remember this exact number of scrubs, but it was over 6,000 items and we raised over 6,000 pounds as a group. Um, So we got recognition last um, in the summer. Uh, It wasn't quite the Queen, but a representative of the Queen. (laughs) He gave us, he's given us a certificate. So I was able to collect that last summer so that was lovely so it's really nice to be recognized and I think my story is is just a a snapshot of a lot of women's stories like a lot of women did the same thing and um they were tackling lots of things at home and isolated and but also doing good things at the same time so it wasn't just it wasn't just me it was definitely a reflection it was a recognition of everybody I love that Mm. well and and Jamie Kern Lehman in her book Believe It says we have to let our light shine so that other women know what's possible and I love how you put a twist on that and it's also to represent all the women who aren't um getting the awards and getting recognition for the work that they're doing uh but I love you know we had this discussion in the Mindset Monday so if you're in our uh, advanced membership progression or you're in our social media mastery program, um, the VIP program, we have a weekly mindset session that I do on Mondays. And we talked about awards. And, uh, you know, we talked about we talked about how for most women, they don't realize they have to put themselves up for awards. Now, in your case, you were nominated and it's wonderful when someone nominates you. That's very important to get those nominations. But before you start getting nominations, you might have to put yourself forward for awards. And uh, one of the discussions we had was around paying for award entries and not paying. And I just said flat out, I said, guys, we don't do paid uh, awards. We never have. um, We never will, probably, because, you know, there's enough awards out there uh, that recognize you without having to pay for it. And also there's it sort of just changes the game when you have to pay for it. So we're um, you know, we have at Tech Fixies, we have our own awards. So our third annual social media awards are coming up. We have a social media festival on on the, I think it's Wednesday the 16th is our social media festival. And what's really cool is um, we're going to be raising money for our scholarships and people can attend the social media festival for free on the day. But if, for example, if you're listening to this, you can still buy the recordings after the fact. So this podcast will probably come out after the event. Um, or around the time of the event. So if you miss the event, you can still buy the recordings and then the money that you pay for the recordings goes into our scholarship fund. And I think that is that is super cool. But the the, the social media festival is really celebrating uh, the different women in our community who graduated from our program and are now social media professionals. But more importantly, at the end of the day, um, at the, the last hour of the day, we're going to celebrate 12 women who've been nominated within our own community uh, for awards. And I think uh, that's such an important thing to do is recognize people's achievements and celebrate those wins. Because if it's possible for you, it's possible for me. If it's possible for me, it's possible for you. And, uh, and it's about shining a light on other people and, and what's, po- you know, what's, what's possible. Definitely. And I think with the awards, the actual application process is so good, like, because we always talk about reflection. And I think it's really important to enter those awards so that you get a chance to look back and think, oh, all these great things that I've been able to achieve with all these challenges that I've had to overcome. And with that, 
it then it doesn't matter whether you get shortlisted or not because then you realize I've actually come a long way just by taking lots of little steps um, and that's really important but also once you've done one application it's easy to do the other ones because <laughs> yeah, you've got the foundational words and you just have to update those and but also the other thing too is that it snowballs you know, once you've got one nomination, it's easier to get another nomination. It's easier, you know, and so I find it got a lot easier for us to get into the finals once we'd won a few awards. Um, and we don't win them all. You know, you 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 apply or you you nominate, but you don't win them all. But it's it's worth going for. And I think you're right, 100%. Reflection is really important, and we talk about that a lot at Techpixies. It's not always about just doing, 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 but it's about stopping, looking back, measure. You know, being proud of what you've achieved, recognizing what you've achieved, recognizing the difference in the way that you think. Um, I just sent out an email this morning to our team, which had a speech that I had written in. 2017 about where we were going to be in 2022 and it was amazing how much my mindset has shifted in those five years from what I wrote then to what I wrote now and some of it's still there and some of it has evolved you know but I think we do evolve over time and if we can if we do record it through journaling um, daily journaling you know I have a daily journal where I write down the three accomplishments that I've made every day and last night's accomplishment was like you know, I made dinner and I I picked up my daughter from school. Like I felt like that was an accomplishment because I don't always do those two things. So your accomplishments can be anything. It doesn't have to be business related. It doesn't have to be health related. But those are, you know, I put on there, went for a walk. That was a, that was an accomplishment for me because I don't get to do that every day. I used to run every day, but then had an injury. So I'm now back to walking, but it's given me a chance to reconnect with my husband. So I think uh, you're 100% right. You get the, you get your uh, you get your text ready. You can reuse that for other awards. And uh, and it helps you to really learn how to um, pitch yourself, right? Because you have to make yourself look like you've done something significant enough to get an award. And, and you know, everyone, like you said, there's so many women who've done significant things who never get recognized. Yeah. So by doing this, you're you're shedding light on all those women that have done those significant things. So and, and also maybe guiding them to nominate themselves in the future. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tuha, this has been a pleasure. I so appreciate your time, your wisdom, your uh, enthusiasm. And uh, where can people find out about you and your workshops and courses? Yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram. Uh, so my handle's at to our right. And my email address is digitalseamstress.co.uk. So it's actually under um, what's development at, at the moment but there's there's some bits there but that you can find me there there's a waiting list you can join my email list there I would recommend joining Tuha's email list if you're interested in Google and Google ads I think it's a great source of information and she's got you've got a great tone of voice I love getting oh, your thanks. emails reading through them you care deeply that women should learn well not just women but you care deeply about people understanding and learning Google uh, to advance their businesses and I think that's a noble cause because one thing that we know at Tech Pixies is that when a woman is financially independent, they're happier and they're also uh, able to really lean into what they love. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a real blessing. And I'm so proud of you for doing exactly those two things. Thank um, and thanks again for being a guest on the, the Sparkle and Thrive no podcast. Worries, thank you. Well, I was thinking um, one of the books that's really influenced me in the last two years was Marie Forleo's Everything is Progressible. Love that, that book. That book you actually gifted me back in the day when Audible let you gift people um, the books. Yeah, I was going to find it, but like my, co I forgot to get my copy. But that 
yes so changed my life so thank you joy <laughs> i well and you're that's right we have a lot of books on the joy book club most of them are written by female authors I, I woke up one day and realized every book that i was reading was written by a man and i needed to find female authors that i could relate to because they understood what it was like to, to live in a woman's body um so she she is an this is an incredible book and this yeah. was probably the catalyst of changing my life too in terms of just thinking differently about things it's very practical because some books just like say tell you stuff but this one has practical exercises which if you follow through it will help you get move a little another step yeah. and great stories she's got great she's a great storyteller so um yeah no it's i mean it's a great book it's a really great book and uh yeah so i you know great top tip i should ask all my guests that what their most impactful book has been because a lot of them uh will have been reading the joy book club books <laughs> Yeah, so definitely. I forgot that you get we gifted that to you. That's so cool. Well, we do, yeah, you know, right. like I said, we've got the, um, the unicorn space one coming up. And if you want to be in to win, check out our social media because we will be giving away four copies of that uh, into the buildup of the um, Joy Book Club interview with Eve, which I can't wait to do, especially since um, she even dropped me in the book. I feel super special. <laughs> That's Reese Witherspoon was on her stories um, talking about the book. And I was like, oh, I had to share it. I'm like, I'm in it. I'm in it. That's I'm really one cool. little tiny line, but I'm in it. Um, all right. Thanks, Tuha. Have a great day and I appreciate your time. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye.